We're going to continue our series of podcasts going through the Ten Commandments. We have looked at the first five, and tonight we come to commandment number six. We find these commandments in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, Number six is found in verse 13. It's very short, it's very brief, it's very to the point. You shall not murder. That's the commandment we're going to look at tonight. And maybe you're thinking, well, does this really need elaborating? Do we need much commentary on this commandment? (laughs) It's pretty straightforward, right? (laughs) Pretty obvious commandment. But again, our goal through these commandments is to look at them in a fresh light, in a way that is very practical towards how we live today. And part of this is going to be obvious, but I think there's a couple angles as we look at the commandment, you shall not murder, that maybe we wouldn't consider uh, just looking at the surface level of this commandment. But if you dive into scripture more, which we're going to do a little bit here, you're going to see that murder may be well beyond what you expect it to be. So let's look at it. Let's start with the obvious um, part of this commandment, which is the literal taking of a life. The commandment is given here from God to Moses, to his people, written on a stone tablet. And if you know from scripture what Romans says, that these commandments were given by God, of course, specifically written down on stone. But it says they were also written on our hearts. These commandments are known within us. And I don't know if there's any more obvious commandment that mankind should know then you shall not murder. I think every people group that's ever lived would agree that you shouldn't take another person's life. And I wonder what that experience was like for the Israelites when they're hearing this read out loud. (coughs) Excuse me. It's such an obvious commandment. Like, you shall not murder. I wonder what that experience was like. Are they all looking around each other, just nodding, going, well, that's obvious, Lord. Of course we shouldn't murder each other. That's just such an obvious commandment, right? I, I, I have children, and I'm raising those children and teaching those children right from wrong. And you could tell that when they hurt each other, they know it's wrong. And it's funny that we didn't even give them much teaching on that. It's almost like they know it. When they seek to hurt their sibling... They know it's wrong. And they're kind of looking around, looking around their shoulder, wondering if anybody saw them do that. And what's more obvious than you shall not murder a fellow human being? And yet it is stated. It's written on our hearts, and yet God felt it important enough to state it out loud, to write it in his holy scripture, to let his people know you can't do this. You cannot snuff out a life that God created. So that's the most obvious way to look at this commandment, is the literal taking of a life. You can't do it. And the most interesting thing about it is we live in a day and age where babies, infants, are being slaughtered. What, 900 a day or something like that? I think the number is of babies are being killed within the womb every single day here in the U.S. You shall not murder. The most vulnerable people on the planet are little babies inside their mom's womb, and they're being murdered. And people know it's wrong. Even people who are (laughs) committing these deeds 
who are trying to justify them, they know it's wrong. It's written within their hearts. And they could justify it saying, listen, it's about protection, it's about convenience, it's about finances, it's about living properly, it's about my dreams. It's about the child. We're actually saving the child from a life that's not worth living. And they're trying to justify something that God has said, said so clearly. You shall not murder. What we're going to do a little bit here is going to look at, that was a struggle. That the, the first, like One of the first sins ever committed in this earth was murder. A brother murdered another brother. And we're going to look at that from a passage in the New Testament. But that's the commandment. You shall not murder. Never should that enter your mind that you have the right to take anyone else's life. We don't. And even our criminal legal system knows this commandment and upholds this commandment that if you murder, you will be brought to justice. Hopefully. And you will stand trial and you will have to pay for your deeds if you murder someone. Because that is just so heinous. That should not be done. And the legal system won't stand for it, and God definitely won't stand for it. So, I don't know how much more needs to be said about the most obvious commandment. You shall not murder. I'm, I'm probably speaking to people who, if you're listening to this podcast, want to know more about how to love God and love other people. And and again, I, I don't know if this needs much elaborating, at least this part of it. You can't murder. <laughs> And that should never enter our minds. And honestly, when we see it, and we're seeing a lot of it today, as I mentioned, we should stand against it and never allow people to justify murder because it's wrong and it's evil. And it's one of God's most direct, blunt commandments. But as we've done in the past, I want to Look at some ways that New Testament Christians, 21st century Christians, can apply these commandments. And you can. You can apply one of them by simply not taking another person's life. That is a way to obey the sixth commandment. That is for sure. But as scripture often does, the more you look into it, the deeper these things go. And murder is much like that. There are two passages we're going to look at here that talk about certain levels of this commandment. One is, as we talked about, is very straightforward and obvious. Don't take another person's life. But if you fast forward a few thousand years to when Jesus comes upon this earth, Jesus starts teaching. He starts unraveling some of these commandments and taking them apart and showing you exactly what was meant, what was intended by the commandment, which is just so awesome by God that he would do that. That he wouldn't leave anything vague, anything unclear, anything cloudy. And so Jesus, when you come to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, talks about murder. And as he's sort of making his way through some of the commandments here, he's elaborating on what he meant, what, what God meant, when he said, don't do these things. And we're going to look at the one from, from murder here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. And this is just so interesting because you need to understand this that it's not just literally taking another person's life. It's also something else, and we'll find that from Scripture. So Matthew 5, verses 21, this is what it says. You've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, 
and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and they remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put into prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Well, what is Jesus talking about here? The, the commandment is, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And we're looking at from Exodus, the Ten Commandments, and that's exactly what was said. You shall not murder. So the people who are hearing that are hearing that commandment going, okay, the way we keep this commandment is simply don't take another person's life. So the letter of the law is don't ever take a person's life. And you will keep the sixth commandment. But Jesus says, well, it goes a little deeper than that, actually. Yes, that is part of it. But I also say to you, and this is what he says, that everyone who is angry, (laughs) excuse me, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. No, wait a minute. Stop. We just went from murder, which is one of the most heinous crimes anyone could commit, to anger. Like, Jesus is equating murder and anger? Is this really what we're supposed to understand here from Matthew 5? And I think the answer is very simple. Yes. Yes. Jesus is equating anger with murder. And maybe that's part of what we don't understand about murder. Is that it's more than just literally taking another person's life. It's now about how you treat other people. That if there's murder, murderous thoughts, hateful thoughts, anger thoughts towards your brother, you are now in the category of murder. And to me, that's very alarming. To me, that's very eye-opening. Because I've never been tempted to take another person's life, to my knowledge. Uh, Maybe the occasional road rage for a brief second entered my mind. But never for did I ever think in my mind I should kill somebody. Never. That's never entered my thought. But you know what I've done a lot of? I've been angry. I've been angry towards people. I've done angry things toward my brothers and sisters, both in my family and in my Christian family. I've said things I shouldn't say. I've done things I shouldn't have done. I've gossiped. I've slandered. I've hit, I've hurt, I've said horrible things that I can never take back, and I've hated. And Jesus is saying to us, all of us who are hearing this, that's like murder. That's like murder. See, because Jesus' entire commandments, if you know anything about the commandments, what we really haven't looked at is if you know about the New Testament, Jesus says all of the commandments are summed up in these two commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And number two is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, upon these two commandments hang the entire law and the prophets. So here's basically the system that we have. The Ten Commandments 
are probably what you think of when you think of God's primary commandments. But really, the Ten Commandments are a fine-tuning of the two greatest commandments. And if you look at them and sort of break them apart, the first three commandments are all about how to love the Lord. And the fourth commandment is sort of a pause from that. It's sort of a, the Sabbath one is sort of a benefit to our own soul. Just to take a Sabbath, take a day of rest. And then the next six commandments are all about how we love one another. And so really the Ten Commandments are a fine-tuning of the two greatest commandments. And if you read in Matthew 5, where Jesus is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, what he's doing with the commandments is he's unraveling them even more. So you heard that it was said, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, it even goes to anger. Whoever says, you fool, whoever insults his brother, whoever shows hateful anger toward their brother, will be liable to judgment. And that to me is so shocking. But it should be obvious because when I'm showing hate and anger toward my brother, I'm doing the absolute opposite of what God has commanded me to do. Love them. Love my brother. Love my sister is the second greatest commandment God ever gave his people besides love the Lord your God. So when I'm angry, when I'm hateful and vicious toward my brother and sister in Christ. I'm doing the exact opposite of what God commanded me to do. And I'm now entering into what Christ considers murder. Because when I slander, when I hate, when I throw anger and vicious thoughts towards my brothers, I'm wounding their life. I'm wounding their life. I'm making their life worse. I'm making their life less livable. I'm making everything harder for them. I'm making, I'm wounding them deeply. And I have a little bit of a story. And this isn't toward another Christian uh, per se, but it's a story that sort of stayed with me my entire life. See, when I was younger, um, there were a, little, a few instances in, in uh, school, probably every have, everybody has these, where I was bullied. Um, and I think it was like fourth grade or something like that. There was this, you know, bigger kid. I think there's a few of those in every school too. There's just these kids that seem like they're an entirely different species or so big. But there's this one kid, you know, who's just massive kid. And he did something to me that day, just, you know, just wanted to have fun and, and do something cruel. And so he came up to me and pushed me down or knocked my books down or did something. I'm not sure really what he did, but, uh, you know, did make made me feel not good. And so I did something in the moment that I thought was going to be uh, justice. I see back in the day, I had a very sharp tongue, a very acid tongue. If I wanted to, I could really hurt somebody. And so in this moment that this man, <laughs> excuse me, this boy did something to me, I lashed out. I didn't push him. I didn't, I didn't punch him or anything like that. I used my words and I hurt him. It may have been about his size or something like that. I don't know what it was, but whatever I said to that boy at that hour, at that moment, cut him and it hurt him and I could tell. And I looked at this kid who was a lot bigger than me, who was just mean to me, and I could tell I hurt him right then. And it was interesting. I thought I was going to feel good by that. I thought that was going to feel like, yeah, that's what you get. You know, that's justice. If you want to be treated that way, then you shouldn't treat people the way you do. But you know what happened? 
I didn't feel good at all. I looked at this man and looked at this boy, excuse me, and, and I saw the hurt in his eyes and I felt horrible because I thought in that moment, I'm exactly what I don't want to be. I'm exactly what he was to me. And that's not a good feeling. And so I used my hatred, my anger toward this boy to do similar what murder is. I took his life. I took his livelihood. I took his joy. And countless times, of course, I have done that in my life where I have said something to a person, said something about a person um, that I could never take back. And in the moment, it felt justified. In the moment, it felt good. But in the, in the light of day, you can realize that what I did is I hurt someone that God loves. And that should never be. It should never be. So yes, you shall not murder does talk, speak to the literal taking of someone's life. But it also talks about anger. It also talks about hate. It also talks about vicious thoughts and feelings and actions and words spoken to people. Even if you don't actually take someone's life, if you have been angry with or hated or had evil thoughts or evil intentions or gossiped, slandered someone's character, then what Christ is saying is you've entered into murder. And as murderers will stand before God and face judgment for that, yeah, so will people who like this. So will people who practice hate and anger towards people those people will also stand before God and give an account for the murder they caused within their heart towards people that God loves and Christian may it never be because murder is obviously the opposite of everything God wants us to do. God wants us to love and build up and edify and encourage and show love towards our fellow man. And we're angry. We take our bad days or bad moments or the hurt someone caused toward us against someone else. We're not acting like Christ. We're not acting like Christians. We're not acting like God's people. We're acting like the world. That's what the world does. So if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. And Jesus said later on in the gospel that if someone causes you pain, turn the other cheek. If someone steals from you, let them steal something else. Because you're going to be otherworldly when you act like that. When you love someone who hurt you, there's only one explanation. That person's not of this world. Because the people of this world treat people horribly. The people of this world do whatever they have to, to look out for themselves. And so that's angle number two. You shall not murder. You shall not hate. Because hate is like murder. You shall not be angry with. You shall not say hateful things towards people because that's similar to murder. And it's the exact opposite of everything God commanded us to do. One more way I want us to look at this, the third angle, which is even more profound, is from 1 John 3. Um, 1 John 3, if you know anything about 1 John, it talks a lot about love. And I told you we were going to talk about one of the first crimes ever committed upon this planet was murder. And we find it, actually, you know, it's in Genesis, of course, the account of it. But in 1 John 3, it references this murder. And if you have your Bibles, <laughs> excuse me, it's 1 John 3, verse 11. And as we further unravel what murder is, we're going to look at this one now. And it says in verse 11, 
For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Okay, there it is. There's the commandment. We've heard that from the beginning. This is, this is an old, ancient commandment. Love one another. Verse 12. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. So, one of the first crimes ever committed besides Adam and Eve eating the apple, eating the fruit that God specifically told them not to eat, the next crime that is recorded in Scripture is Cain, the two sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Cain kills his brother because Cain, both Cain and Abel offer a sacrifice to God. Abel's is accepted and Cain's is not. Well, I'm not going to get into all the specifics of why that was, but when Cain finds out that his sacrifice isn't accepted and Abel's is, he lashes out at Abel and he takes his life. He actually kills him. And even though the Ten Commandments weren't stated by this point, obviously Cain knew what he was doing was, was evil, was wrong when he killed his brother and shed his blood. And so God, you know, confronts him and says, what have you done to your brother? And, you know, Cain gets this mark upon him and, uh, you know, basically is cursed from that point on. Um, and Cain killed his brother. So there we, there it is. There's the murder, the literal taking of someone's life. But you know what's interesting about it in 1 John 3? If you read verse 11 and 12 together, I'm going to do it one more time. Notice something with me. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one, and murdered his brother. And we'll stop there. Does that seem interesting to you? That verse 11 talks about loving one another. And verse 12 talks about the complete antithesis of that, which is murder. Well, the context of 1 John 3 is about how we should love one another. It's driving us and encouraging us to love one another. And it's giving us all these motivations, all these reasons for doing such a thing. And then it says, you shouldn't murder like Cain murdered his brother. And I think that's interesting because I don't know how you make such a leap from you should love one another to you shouldn't be like Cain and murder your brother. Isn't that a big leap? Like, basically, is it, say, it seems like it's saying to me that if you don't love your brother, then you're like Cain. And again, I, I don't know what to do with that. Because typically, when I'm not loving other people, I don't like to think that I'm like Cain. I'm just busy. I'm just distracted. I just didn't notice the need. I just have a lot of me things in the way. But if you look at 1 John 3, it's like, no, you should love one another because that's what you heard from from the beginning. And therefore, don't be like Cain who murdered his brother. And it's like, wait a minute. I know I should love one another, but if I don't, it doesn't mean I'm like Cain. I mean, Cain literally physically took his brother's life. But do you remember what we said just prior to this? That God considers anger, hatred, similar to murder? In fact, he considers anything that's not love, that doesn't build up, that doesn't <laughs> encourage, that doesn't strengthen, that doesn't benefit your fellow man. The opposite of that has to be murder. It has to be the tearing down of someone. 
the hurting of someone. And he uses Cain as an illustration of what he's talking about. We should love one another. I believe that. I would stand for that. Every single Christian would say yes to that. And verse 12 says, we should not be like Cain, who was the evil one and murdered his brother. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, God. I, I want to love other people. I try to love other people. But when I don't, it's not like I'm like Cain. I didn't actually physically, literally take someone's life. And it's almost like God is saying to us, in my mind, in my heart, to me, to my desire and my will, if you're not loving, you're hurting. If you're not loving, you're murdering. Cain was concerned with Cain. So Cain did whatever was necessary to make Cain happy, to enhance Cain's life. He didn't think about Abel. He didn't think about, hey, Abel's sacrifice was accepted by God. I should go and encourage him for that and, and let him know what a good job he did. That was not Cain's mind at all. Cain was only worried about Cain. And do you see what happens when we don't love one another? We're concerned only with ourselves. And this is what's so interesting is you may not be taking the literal life of someone. Maybe you've never done that. I hope you've never done that. Lord willing, none of us ever do that. But <clears throat> like the second thing we looked at, are you angry with? Are you hating? Are you slandering? Are you thinking evil thoughts towards people? God calls that murder. But what about number three? Do you love your fellow man? I mean, actually love them. Do you practice love? And I mean the verb type of love. Love. Where you actually use your action and your words to help someone, to build someone up, to meet the needs of people. Because that's what the New Testament says. Don't let us just love in word and talk, but in deed and in truth. Is that how we spend our lives? Because if it's not, we're going to stand before God and go, okay, God, I didn't love as much as I should. I agree with you. But I was busy. You know, it wasn't a great season you found me in. I expected to do more later on when I found the time and the money and the opportunity. And God's going to say something like to us, you are like Cain. See, Cain, Cain's over here as a murderer, and I'm judging him for that murder. But you didn't love your fellow man. Christ loved his fellow man. Cain hated his fellow man. If I have to put you in one category between Christ and Cain, and you didn't love your brother, you're like Cain. Because Cain hurt his fellow man. You either hated, said evil things, did evil deeds towards your fellow man, or you just simply didn't love them. You didn't take the opportunities. You didn't think about them. You didn't pray about them. And you didn't help them. You didn't love them. And I think what we're trying to un understand here is that there's much more to murder than just the simple, literal taking of someone's life. It's how you treat your fellow man, specifically your brothers and sisters in Christ. But everybody, everybody's included in that. 
Do you love your fellow man? Because if you don't, and I'm speaking to myself included, it's like hatred. And hatred is like murder. And we have to understand the gravity of not loving people. It's hatred. And I wish all of us could just sort of find this middle road and go, you know, I'm not really loving like I should, but I'm also not hating. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. You know, I'm just kind of trying to feel things out and figure things out and get my life all set up. And God doesn't give us that road. Nope, you're either hating or you're loving. And things are that black and white in Scripture with God. If you're not practicing love, you're practicing hate. If you're not practicing hate, you're practicing love. So which is it? And we're the ones that come up with all these thousands of justifications and reasons for why we're not loving and we wish we could be loving more, but here's the reasons why. And I'm not literally taking someone's life. Lord, I didn't murder anybody. Yes, I said some things I shouldn't have said and I had some thoughts I shouldn't have had. And yes, maybe I didn't take the opportunity to love that specific person who was in need. But I'm not like Cain. Really? And the Lord will say, you are like Cain. Because Cain thought about himself. And you and me, when we don't love our fellow man, think about ourself. And Jesus didn't think about himself. Jesus thought about God and he thought about us. And every action Jesus did was to love the Lord his God and to love his neighbor as himself. In fact, that's what we call the gospel. Jesus went to the cross, died to pay the penalty, and to set men free from their sins because of love. So I want us to think about that tonight. Are we loving our fellow man? Are we? I mean, practice, as a practice of our life, are we loving people? Are we taking opportunities to think about people? Think about them. Consider the people in your life. Do the homework. Think about them. Pray for them. Think about their needs. Think about their struggles. And then ask the Lord for opportunities to actually love those people. Because those are the two greatest commandments ever given, was to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And if we're not, we're more like Cain than we are like Christ. And man, I don't ever want that on my resume. I don't ever want my legacy to be, I was similar to Cain. So let us think about that tonight. Let, it, let that weight of that hit us tonight. Because the goal of these commandments is not to just not do things. It's to walk in love. And the way you fulfill the Ten Commandments is through love. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. I hope that's been an encouragement to you tonight. Uh, may the Lord bless it this week, t today, as we seek to love those around us. Thanks for listening.